0: episode of Almighty
1: Podcast. This is Adam. And this is Mike Atkins from NerdsOnEarth.com. And we are circling the wagons around episodes 26 and 27 of My Hero Academia, coming at you weekly to the best of our abilities and keeping this show moving right along. And it keeps up a pretty good pacing. We have lots to talk about every single week, which means that this little hobby of ours keeps us fairly well entertained and busy.
0: Yeah, definitely. And we had a pretty, I I don't want to say action packed episodes, but like information packed episodes. We got, I feel like there was a lot of kind of uh, exposition in these. Yeah.
1: And it was, I mean, we're kind of in between some things. I mean, we just finished up the festival. We kind of get some more scenery inside of the school. um, And then I imagine we're going to shift out of that sometime soon because of some of the narrative development that takes place specifically around staying um, in, in episode 26, 27.
0: Who is the uh, the hero killer, yeah. right? Yeah. So hero killer Stain. I
1: imagine that when he shows up for realsies, that we won't be sitting inside of classrooms anymore. But that's what we got a lot of in these two episodes, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. There's lots of cool stuff going on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, episode 26 starts off with Midoriya heading back to class, and he's pretty much just summing up like... Yeah, we had the festival. Things, you know, kind of got crazy. Some people got hurt. We got healed up, and then we were pretty much sent <laughs> back to school. Like, they had a couple days off, I think, to kind of get rested. Like, it was on a Thursday. They had Friday off, and then they're coming back on a Monday.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of neat because they start to be recognized in public. So Midoriya gets recognized on a train and later on we find that Haagakuri, the invisible girl, says that people were staring at her as a result of <laughs> people uh, of the broadcasting of the festival, which is just silly. And even though Giro says something like, don't people stare at you anyway because you're invisible? Yeah. Um, but, and I was like, maybe because there are a lot of quirks that manifest physically, right? Like, so maybe they would stare more at an invisible person than they would somebody like Mina, who looks who looks weird, as opposed to yeah being translucent. I don't know. I I didn't know that that made a whole bunch of sense. So we get our first scene back in the school since the festival started, and uh, Midoriya and Ida have a little bit of it. It started to develop into a conversation, but Ida pretty quickly shuts it down. So Midoriya begins to. Ask Ida presumably about his about his brother, um, who had been um, attacked by Hero Killer Stain, maybe in last week's episode, and he doesn't even get the question out of his mouth. He doesn't get to finish expressing, you know, any kind of sentiment towards Ida because Ida just cuts him off and shuts that conversation down. And I had just having my notes that like, you know, Ida's his brother just got wrecked by a villain, and that isn't nothing. And just because he may be fine and recover well, being Ida's brother, that doesn't mean that Ida doesn't need a little emotional support and and some friendship. And we're going to find out later that, um, or we're going to see later, that Ida's trying to handle it in a perhaps unhealthy way. And, And Midoriya, at the end of this episode, expresses something that makes me think that all the more, which is unfortunate.
0: Yeah, no, you're definitely right about that. And it's kind of odd. I didn't expect that sort of behavior out of Ida. Like, he's been a pretty level-headed character this entire time. And for him to all of a sudden, like, pretty much shut Midoriya and Ochako out of his life, just, I mean, like, I get what's going on. I understand that he would be very upset about it. But you'd think this would be a time when he'd want to lean on his friends, not completely seclude himself off. Like, I didn't expect that kind of behavior out of him. Right, me neither. Um so that, that, that definitely kind of threw me off. Um, but, you know, they, they kind of really deep dive more into what's going on with his brother because we have this awesome scene where, as always, got the rest of the class all together and he tells them that it's time for them to do uh, their class on hero informatics. And everybody is like, oh, that sounds boring. And some people are worried about a pop quiz and whatnot. But instead, it's actually just them coming up with their code names, which is pretty cool. Um, I was really hoping that there was going to be, like, a formula. You know what I mean? So that way you and I could plug and play the formula and figure out what our code names would be. But they're just like, oh, you've been thinking about this your whole life. What's it going to be kind of deal? Yeah.
1: They also are told that all of them, well, that some offers came in as a direct result of the festival. And this is kind of why they're getting to their names, because these offers came in somewhat early. I I think typically the, the offers come in... A little bit later like after the heroes have developed a little bit more but this class is so impressive in their first festival that a bunch of them got offers already
0: yeah because they mentioned that typically they're set for juniors but because they've already dealt with villains and they've had you know they had such an impressive results at the festival they're like well we're going to go ahead and let this you know basically be an investment for the agencies at such a young age for you all in hopes that your powers are really good but you know, you got to keep up your good performance because if you let them down, then they're going to kick your scholarship. Right.
1: Series. Yeah, they they the heroes can be canceled between now and in this moment and the whatever their graduation may look like and they he, Aizawa kind of starts talking about or shows this chart of who received offer uh, offers from other heroes to come and work or intern at their agencies. Midoriya is absent from the list, but he that'll be fixed shortly. But Todoroki is at the top of it. He's the one who got the most, which is interesting because he actually Took second place, Bakugo. Or he took second place in the festival. Bakugo, who got first place in the festival, has significantly fewer offers than Todoroki, which I'm sure just you know makes him feel um, supremely happy, and he's totally fine with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's he not going to go
1: home and scream while brushing his teeth again as a direct die, result die. of this. Um, so while not everyone got offers, everyone in the class is going to have an opportunity to choose from a list of heroes to go and be an intern. But before they get to that point, they have to have a hero name because it's kind of like uh, a banner under which they will operate in the public eye. Um, so Aizawa actually brings in Midnight to work with them on their hero names because, and I quote, I can't do stuff like that, is what he says. Or, or you know, we've <laughs> already seen him. He doesn't really care. He doesn't bother with class election. And Aizawa, as a result, continues to be my hero and my favorite and my spirit animal he would rather just zip himself up in a sleeping bag in the corner, uh, and so would I. Not, not like so would I. Prefer to zip myself up in Aizawa's sleeping bag while he was still in it. I would just choose sleeping in a sleeping bag over worrying about hero names as well.
0: Yeah, and you know it's great because they kind of they're stressing the importance of your hero name and how you'll probably be referred to that you know in the future and whatnot, and you got to choose something good. And we get a flashback of present Mike. And Aizawa talking, and, and President Mike's like, Hey, have you chosen your hero name yet? And Aizawa's like, Nah, not really. And he goes, Well, cool. How about Eraserhead? And Aizawa's like, Okay, yeah. sure. This is, They, they okay. had
1: the best friendship ever.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, I had mentioned it to you earlier. It really reminds me of uh, Kakashi's relationship with his friend in Naruto. Um, I cannot remember the guy's name. Uh, that's always smoking the cigarettes, but he like their relationship reminds me of Isawa and Present.
1: Yeah, that little cutscene, that little flashback is small. It's awesome, but it's very short. And then we come back into the classroom scene, and I think it's Midnight who says that names and natures often agree, uh, and this is kind of like her instruction to get these students thinking about how um, how they're going to go about selecting their name. And I felt like as she was saying that, that this is a good time for us, just as as. Podcasters over this particular show to talk about some of the naming conventions. We've we've touched on these before, specifically and probably most notably so far with um, Tetsu 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 Tetsu, um, that their names have like little hidden meanings if you're familiar with Japanese. And as I was reading volume four of the manga, there's like this little. Sidebar, like one one page splash page on uh, Hitoshi Shin, Shinsho. you know the the mind control guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And
1: the the author's name is Hirokoshi. He's the um, the creator of My Hero. And he says in this little sidebar thing for Shinso, he says, "I'm pretty sure that one day soon, I'm going to have to confront my own ridiculous naming schemes." And when he said that, <laughs> I was like. Okay, he just admitted that there's a naming scheme, and I've paid zero attention to it. So I started looking, and you and I have name-dropped the uh, Boku no Hero Academia wiki before. Um, and if you go to that website and you click on any of the heroes, you search for the heroes, you scroll down far enough, there's a section called Trivia, and all of them have their names uh, kind of broken down kanji by kanji. And they start. you start to get a sense of what uh, Hirokoshi's naming conventions actually are so for instance I went and looked up Shinso's first and Hitoshi's name this is straight off of this wikia so Hitoshi's name is comprised of kanji for heart or mind manipulate operate person and use and that pretty accurately describes what he does with his powers does it not that he's yeah Yeah, he uses people's minds to control them and then you have uh, just a couple of other examples so Ojiro is the guy with the tail um, his name contains the kanji for tail, white, monkey, and man. Fairly accurate description. Kaminari's is uh, his kanji when they're combined together, are, are the words for thunder um, and electricity.
0: Oh, Making that's cool. some
1: sense. Hagukure is yeah. the invisible young lady, um, and hers means hidden in the leaves or transparent. Uh, oh, that's and I even cool. looked up all mites just out of curiosity. All Might's real name. And All Might's...
0: Which is what? Tosh- Toshinori? Yeah,
1: so his real name, it's... Um, we. I think we've heard it spoken at least once in the... Once yeah, or twice. In the, in the anime. It's Toshinori Yagi. Toshinori Yagi. Um, and his real name, according to the trivia on this, contains the kanji for eight. And that's significant because he's the eighth wielder of the One for All. So there, if you want to just deep dive and take 20 minutes, you can look up any of the characters online and see... Their, how their names... Uh, it's, it's very much indicative of their nature, the nature of their quirks or, or who they are. And uh, Midnight comes out, right out and says that in this episode, which I thought was pretty neat.
0: Okay, so I am on the website now. You've got me curious. I've got to figure out what Minetta's name is about. All right. So let's see what we got here. Where are you finding that at, just so the listeners know?
1: You scroll down on the... Uh, like if you go to Mineta's page uh-huh. and you scroll down, there should be a section called trivia. And then under the trivia, if their name, their their names will break it down. So I'm looking at it now.
0: Ah, uh, okay. All right. I got it. Did you,
1: did you find it? Okay. I what's did. it say?
0: Okay. So Manetta's first name is Manura, Manura Mineta. Uh, Manura's, <laughs> Manura's name contains the kanji for great fertility, field, and berry. The name Minura means to bear fruit. It can also mean great fertility and berry. <laughs> and no then Below, balls. <laughs> below that, the, the trivia, which I don't think this is really trivia. It just says Minura's favorite thing are girls. <laughs> yep.
1: Specifically Mount Lady.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Okay, cool. So if you're interested in their names, just go out to that uh, BokoNoHeroAcademia.fandom.com. Check out your favorite hero and look at the trivia section because there's some great stuff in there.
1: Yeah, that is pretty cool. Um, then, just getting back to this classroom setting, we'll re-list back end so we can get to the names. There's this really quick instance where um, I didn't realize that uh, Midnight had handed paper out for everybody to write their names on, so I must have been typing or whatnot, and then I look up and Bakugo was passing back some paper to Midoriya, and I thought... That it was going to be him, like Bakugo passing a note to Midoriya that said something like "Your hero name is going to be big stupid loser" or something like that, <laughs> just to like mess or or rib Midoriya. Like but they were him just taking on him, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were just uh, passing out the supplies for this. So here's like, what I, was I like. to Actually, do. I
0: was really surprised about that scene too because when I saw that scene, I was expecting Deku. When I saw that scene, I was expecting Bakugo to kind of be a jerk to Midoriya for some reason, and the fact that he just handed him the paper and like didn't say anything like it wasn't a big deal i don't know like it just seemed out of place that like weird like what happened to bakugo you know
1: yeah well, sometimes you're just a kid in the classroom passing papers backwards down the down I the row s- that you're sitting in right yeah i guess so can we can't all he, i guess this is he, he's way more intense brushing his teeth than he is passing uh passing papers backwards. right
0: like him doing something calm just seemed really out of place right so
1: here's what I'd like to do, Adam. Um, we don't want to bore the listeners too, too much with just saying, okay, Ioyama's hero name is this, or Mina's hero name is this. How about we, we kind of do this a little quickly um, because it doesn't take up too terrible much time either inside of the actual episode. But we give, uh, you know, I'll say, all right, this is, the, this is the person, this is their hero name, and we give it a rating just off the cuff between zero and ten, we'll say.
0: Okay. Uh, um, like ten we'll, is really good, zero, it sucks? Yeah. Yeah, right, I can do that. Ten,
1: ten is the best. Uh, zero is just you know, just quit. Okay. Um, so Ioyama comes up. He's he's naval laser guy, and he, he suggests his initial submission is that he wants to be called "I Cannot Stop Twinkling," which Midnight kind of allows, but she shortens it to "Can't Stop Twinkling." So his hero name is "Can't Stop Twinkling." Yeah. You, what were, what are, zero at zero to ten? How you feeling about "Can't Stop Twinkling" as a hero name?
0: Like point five. He didn't try. Like "Can't Stop Twinkling." That's not a name. <laughs> like, can you imagine uh, the trying to market that name? Like, you wouldn't yeah. be able to. There's no marketing behind that. No one's gonna remember. Well, okay, everyone will remember that name, but no one's gonna take him seriously.
1: Yeah, know? I I give this a zero. It sounds like a hashtag, not like a hero
0: name. Yeah, like it sounds like it should be his like tagline, not his yeah. name. Yeah. You know, so because like the shining hero can't stop twinkling. You know what I mean? I don't right. know. Like it, it doesn't sound like his name name, whereas everyone else kind of gave like their name name. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to give that one a
1: 0.5. I didn't like it. 0 from me. Mina, um she her first submission is Alien Queen and this is presumably because in in the world of My Hero Academia, the alien quadrilogy is is a thing. Yeah, like they're aware um,
0: of the xenomorphs. So yeah,
1: because she even like mimics one, and Midnight makes some comment about how she's doing. She's chosen this name because of uh, the acid blood connection
0: yeah and um, i think midnight says like oh that's icky you need to do something else
1: yeah she does now midnight dislikes it and mina ends up coming back a little bit later in in suggesting that her name is pinky so let's rate both of these alien queen for mina zero to ten go
0: 9.5 okay. i loved it i thought alien queen's great for her like that should have been that should have been allowed i i'm kind of pissed that miss midnight did not allow that one
1: yep i i feel like this is a this is an eight um it's it's certainly better than Pinky. Um yeah, but Pinkie, it does feel, I'm
0: gonna say like six point five. Like I don't know. That one is just kinda like eh, okay. That'd be I, like I, that'd give, be like Bakugo wanting to be called angry, you know. Yeah.
1: I think Pinky gets like a three from me. Okay. Alien Queen is much closer to a home run for her, but it also seems a little pretentious, maybe. Eh, maybe. Uh, but I,
0: I like if I, I feel like if uh Mina had Bakugo's personality, then yes. But so far, she's been pretty amenable. So I would say, like, amenable, is that the right word? I'm going to go with that. Yeah, yeah. I would say that Alien Queen fits for her. I like that one. All right. So
1: Sue comes up next. She explains that she's basically had her hero name in mind since she was a young girl. Her hero name is Froppy. What's your rating?
0: Uh, 11.0. That was perfect. Like, honestly, the only name that I thought... Well, okay, that's not entirely true because I really liked Hiroshima's, but I really like Froppy for Sue. Like, for her, 10 out of 10, perfect in my mind.
1: Yes. I will, I will rate it with the qualifier that you yourself spoke. For Sue, Froppy is fine. I think Froppy, in general, seems like a silly hero name, uh, and I think that it's kind of silly that she chose like in my brain as as just a dude, right? That it's this kid's, it's obviously a name that she came up with when she was super, super young and she's just, it's just kind of stuck with her. So I like that sentimentality part. Um, but if you were to just tell me that there is a hero elsewhere running around in the My Hero Academia world whose name was Froppy, I would be like, what the crap kind of name is Froppy?
0: That You also got to say, though, like Froppy is basically she took the word frog and hoppy and merged them. So right, if, you right. just, if you say, yeah, there's a hero that has toad powers named Froppy, then it makes sense.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. That's a 10. Like I said, 10 out of 10 for her.
0: Yeah, Absolutely.
1: Kirishima is next. You already kind of um, spoiled your, your score, maybe a little bit. You said that you, you dug Kirishima's name. I he did. went with Red Riot.
0: Yeah. Uh, the chivalrous hero Crimson is who he is basing his name off of. So he has like an all might of his own. And I thought mm-hmm. that was so cool. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Like, he's got someone he's really looking up to. Red Riot, like, he he looks like he'd be a riot to be around. Like, he looks like the guy that's always leading up the party. Like, great attitude, big smile, Red Riot, that dude, perfect nickname.
1: Yep, I agree. I, I'm i giving this uh, a 9 out of 10. I don't yeah. think it's, like, perfect, but it's pretty darn close. It's Red close. Riot, if you're like, Red Riot is on his way, that's that's. That's a good that's a good strong hero. That name. makes
0: me feel a lot better than saying can't stop twinklings on his way.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: You know, like if I'm in a dire situation and I'd hear Red Riot, I'm like, okay, cool, we're probably gonna be all right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's right. So Jiro is up next. Uh, this is the young lady whose quirks are the earphone jacks. And so appropriately enough, that's what she chooses as her hero name is Earphone Jack.
0: Yeah, I actually kinda like that one. Uh, it's not really original or anything. But it's it's I guess it's uh it's tongue in cheek kind of you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I th- my only struggle with it is Jack is typically a masculine name, Yeah, that's so fair. I I was like I mean it doesn't sound like a feminine like if you were like earphone Jack is on her way I would be like wait what excuse me okay um, yeah so I give it like I give it a five it's 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 two on the
0: ten for that's what her. yeah like
1: it, it is her thing so I
0: agree like I was thinking five five point two maybe yeah. like it's it's just okay.
1: So uh, Shoji, he decided to call himself the Tentacle Hero Tentacole.
0: Yeah, tentacle. <laughs> Like I'm like, well, you nerd. <laughs> that was okay. silly. I give that one a 2.5.
1: Okay, I I rate this low as well, but here's why. Because he could have been a couple of different things. He could have been Tentacool <laughs> instead of Tentacole. I think that that would have been cool. Um, but it is what it is. I, I think that I think it would have been cooler if it was Tentacool. Isn't there a Pokemon
0: named Tentacool?
1: Uh, Tentacruel, yeah. Oh, Tentacruel, okay. See, well, there you go. They totally should have jumped on that then. The Tentacool only, is awesome.
0: The only other name I could have thought of for him was, uh, was Mouthman, which <laughs> Isn't very good, so...
1: <laughs> so I was thinking, too, just as, as a quick aside, we know that you know, his, the anatomy at the end of his little appendages changes. So every time that he changes from, like say, an ear to a mouth all of the anatomy inside of that tube that goes like connects to his shoulder also has to change. you think about that?
0: I hadn't really thought about that. I guess I know this is dumb, but in my mind the way that I imagined it was like each tentacle at the very end had like a like a revolving organ. So like at one side is a okay. <laughs> mouth, the other side is an eye. So like it just turns. You know what I mean? And like yeah. if the mouth is out then he can talk. But if the eye is out, then he's, like, breathing the inside of the tentacle. Like, I know that doesn't make any sense at all now that I'm thinking it doesn't, about it. It doesn't make any sense at all. No.
1: Because <laughs> I, I was thinking about that. I was like does, does, like, does he get an esophagus, and then it turns into an ear canal, and then it turns into, like, um, you know – ocular nerves and i mean i I don't know how it works do you think that he like
0: ingests his own like earwax and stuff by accident Oh lord
1: i hope not we're gonna move along okay uh, (laughs) from that particular rabbit trail (laughs) um so sarah is up next and he decides to call himself cellophane
0: i thought that was pretty fitting uh it was unexpected like i really like tape guy but cellophane works yeah he should have just
1: gone with what we've been calling him. I did have in my notes that he could have been Serophane.
0: Oh, that would have been just cool. just kept his
1: name in there. Yeah. But it also doesn't, I mean, that Serophane doesn't make sense in isolation. So I guess Cellophane makes makes some sense given his power. I give it a six.
0: Yeah, I, that's kind of what I was thinking,
1: 6.5. All right, Ojiro, this is the uh, martial arts guy. With the big tail, and he just comes up and owns it. He's just like, "I'm gonna be tail, man. What do you think of that?
0: Eh, it's too like, it's too on point. I gave that one like a two Like he's not, he didn't try.
1: Okay, so I'm giving this a ten, and I'll tell you why. What? Yep. Let me explain. I think. Uh, listen, it's a totally lame name, but he, <laughs> I think Ojiro is smart. I think that he realizes that, regardless of what hero name he came up with that people were pretty much going to call him Tailman anyway.
0: Okay, yeah. So yeah. he was
1: just like, I'm going to own this. I'm going to be Tailman.
0: That's a good point. Unless he came up with something really cool, like Skull Basher. You know, like if he bashed people's skulls in with his tail, but then he'd be a villain, so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I can't come up with a good name for him. You're right, though. That's a really good point. I felt
1: bad for him when I, when I had that thought. I was just like, you know people are going to call you the Tail dude yep, or he's Tailman. The, he's a tail that's, guy. Yeah, that's what we've been calling him too, the dude with the tail.
0: He'd be like, oh, so how was your weekend? Uh, I got saved by that tail guy again. Yeah. <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh Sato is next to Rosato. And this is one that we haven't had much exposure to in the uh anime or the manga so far. He decides to call himself Sugar Man.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I want to be able to grade that one, but since we don't really know what his power is, and I, I don't want to look it up and spoil it. I I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna hold my judgment on Sugar Man until we see what he does. Yeah, I I give
1: it a five for now, with okay. the option to raise or lower at discretion by three points later on.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you.
1: Based on uh, what his what the quirk actually is, and there is a Marvel Comics character named Sugar Man, and I'm curious. Uh, there's no way they're connected, I would guess, but
0: maybe not. But I mean, you know, may. Maybe. the uh, What's his name? The Can't Stop Twinkling guys based off Scott Scummers, we have found out. so <laughs> Yeah, off of Cyclops. Yeah, so we'll see.
1: All right, Kaminari was next. He's the stun gun hero, Charge Bolt.
0: I, I did like his name, but I liked the name that Jiro came up for him better. What was it again? Uh, it was like Jamming Way or Jamming oh, Yay, yeah, that's I think. Right. And he was that's like, right, that's yeah, right. that's pretty cool. Oh, it was, uh yeah, Jamming Way was his name. And, uh, you know, he was like, yeah, that's kind of cool. I like that. And she, she, you know, she's like, well, it's not cool. It's because, you know, like you jam all your powers at once and you're pretty much jamming your brain. Right. I thought that was funny. I like that.
1: Yeah. Charge Bolt is strong. I mean, again, if I'm if I'm the damsel in distress and you're like, Char- don't worry, Charge Bolt is on the way. I'm like, hell yeah, Charge Bolt is on the way. Exactly. You know, yeah. That's a cool name.
0: Yeah yeah totally like even even if you're not a damsel in distress you, you hear the word charge bolt like the hero charge bolt and you're like oh yeah like him and Crimson Riot you know what I mean yeah <laughs> oh yeah
1: you know those two are gonna be like dynamic buddy cop duo at oh, some point oh
0: yeah like we're gonna get a total 21 jump street with those two
1: yes I would watch the crap out of that uh, it would be awesome <laughs> Next up was Hagakure. This is the Invisible Girl, and she appropriately enough calls herself Invisible Girl yeah. Zero to Ten.
0: What do you I mean ten? What can you do? She has yeah. no other options.
1: I uh, yeah, it it didn't feel original at all. Like it's not even that it's not original because she literally is an invisible girl, but it's not original because you already have like you know Miss Fantastic. Who is the Invisible Woman? Yeah, and I was just—I was just like, man, it's a lot borrowed there. So I give it a four.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, the only reason I think I'm giving it a ten is because it's the same thing with the Tail Man, right? Like people yeah. are just going to know her as the Invisible Girl. She has no other identifying features. So yeah.
1: Momo goes with Creaty or Criati.
0: See, I thought it was just crotty, Uh, but I like Creaty. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, I, I gave that one a seven point five
1: yeah i like I like it. It's eight. I think that it it flows off of the tongue well it it matches her just, power
0: really well too,
1: yeah, and it isn't just her power. it isn't it like if she was like, I'm gonna run around and be called creation, I would be like, all right, that's dumb, but you take a couple letters off, and all of a sudden I'm like eight out of ten makes sense,
0: yeah. there was another name that I was thinking of for her though, and um, it was on the tip of my tongue earlier on the way over here. Uh, what is the name of like um, the Greek mother god? I can't think of what her name is.
1: I don't remember. I'm terrible yeah. with Greek mythology.
0: There, it's, not, it's not even Greek. I think it's one of the Titans. Like She was the, the mother of the planet or whatever. But that name, I was thinking, would fit really well for Momo since she kind of creates things out of nothing. Or you mean like Gaia? Planet. Gaia, yeah, 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 Gaia. Okay. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought Gaia would be kind of neat. That would have been a fun name for her.
1: All right. Um, Shoto comes up next Todoroki and he just decides that he's going to go as Shoto and I approve 10 out of 10.
0: Yeah, I'm good with that. That's that's pretty fitting. I mean, he doesn't he's kind of one of those cool heroes that doesn't really need a name, you know what I right. mean?
1: Then you have Tokoyami who introduces himself as Suko excuse me, Suku Yomi. And this is just and this might maybe this will color your vote. on on your rating, but Tsukuyomi is a moon god in Japanese Shinto religion. And because of that little tidbit, 10 out of 10.
0: Yeah, I, I gave it uh, a nine, and the reason I'm ducting a point on it is because I don't think it's easily pronounceable. If that yeah. makes sense, I mean, you, you hear me a,
1: having to slow down to say "suko yomi." Yeah, and
0: I don't even mean that like from our perspective because we don't speak that language, but just it's a mouthful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like "creati," it flows. "Shoto," it flows. You know, "Red Riot," like it's it's uh, alliteration. I like it. Uh, "Suko yomi," though, it's just uh, it's a mouthful.
1: I also just appreciate the fact, and this is the reason why I will continue to defend the 10 here, I just like that he's got enough cojones to be like, that's right, I'm named after a god. Yeah, that's, that's true, that's true. Then you have Mineta, who is the fresh-picked hero, Grape Juice.
0: Yeah, I, like, it wasn't what I was expecting for him. I gave it a 3.5, he couldn't come up with something better.
1: Zero, because the word ball is nowhere in it. (laughs) There's no balls in his name. I was surprised he wasn't... I tanked it immediately.
0: Yeah, like I was surprised he wasn't just a sticky ball hero or something.
1: Yep, he should have just been the ball's hero, and I would have been 15 out of 10,
0: 100%. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Then he had this guy named Coda um who we also haven't seen very much of in this in this anime and he comes up and introduces himself as the petting hero Anima and that leaves me wondering what in the wide world does this guy do what it is what is his quirk because midnight seems to know what it is and approves of it given his name yeah we still have no clue what this guy does
0: and in the anime he's not even talked like he didn't even say his name he just held up the piece of paper
1: yeah yeah and Hirokoshi in the manga has another like little side page blurb on him and he just says he's another one who hasn't gotten much exposure yet will i ever even give him a line to say stay tuned but no promises So even he knows there's like, there are these people in this show up to this point, this was in the volume five that have done literally nothing. And he, he owns it. He knows.
0: Yeah. Like, I think we've only seen him once and he was just sitting in like a, like a little garden area. So, and I think he was petting a cat or something. Like, I want to say he was petting something. I think he was. Huh. We'll have
1: to see. Next up was Bakugo whose first submission was King Explosion Murder, which on a scale from 0 to 10 gets like a 37 from me. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. King Explosion Murder is the best hero name on this list <laughs> by leaps and bounds. I, it's not even close.
0: I don't know that it's a hero name, but yeah, yeah, it was good.
1: It's great. And then I think uh, it might have been Kirishima says something to him about how he calls him like Explosion Boy. Um And then they, you know, he's like, shut up, weird here. And then he he has to go back and revise this because Midnight doesn't like it. So he comes back a little bit later in the episode and he's Lord Explosion Murder. (laughs) So he's downgraded his royal status, but not his ferocity. And I still, I mean, I, I give Lord Explosion Murder a solid 20 out of 10 um king explosion murder is much better but. yeah
0: i like king explosion murder too what i don't get though is midnight is talking about how these these names aren't okay and yet she literally works next to a guy named death hands yeah that's, so that's like right. why is king explosion murder not okay but death hands is totally fine i you don't know? know
1: man uh, i hope at least lord explosion murder sticks but there's no way that it does
0: yeah because he didn't actually end up choosing a name did he
1: no, he gets shot down again, so we don't even really know what Bakugo's hero name is going to be.
0: I don't, under, like, he just needs to be called Cannon, or Loose Cannon. Loose Cannon would be a great name oh, for Bakugo. Loose
1: Cannon, I could get yeah. behind that. Like,
0: it, it describes his personality perfectly, and it describes his power perfectly.
1: Or Splody Palms, I would get behind that <laughs> Splody name too. Palms, I like that, yeah, that's I great. I like that. <laughs>
0: um,
1: then you have Ochako, who calls herself Uravity, which I super like. I do, too, 9.8. Yeah, that that gets a solid nine. I, I'll, I'll give it a ten. Yeah. just because it's Ochako. Yeah, it's um,
0: super original, man. Like you, yeah. you mix her name and her power. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Ida is
1: up next. He comes up and he just decides to go by his first name. Um, so he goes. He 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 pulls a Shoto and calls himself Tenya. And this is despite his brother asking him to take on the mantle or the moniker of uh, Ingenium.
0: Yeah. So uh, I have a theory. About just this. not up to it. Okay. I have a theory about this. So we get that flashback where like, he's about to write down Ingenium and he has this scene where his brother is telling him, like, my legs are, are done, like, I can't feel my legs. So he, you, you kind of get the impression he can't be a hero anymore, right? Right. right. And he, he tells him, like, I want you to carry on the name. Well, Ida's starting to write Ingenium, but then he thinks to himself, like, no, I'm still just Ida. I think he's waiting until he gets revenge. Like, he doesn't feel like he can take up the Ingenium name until he has recovered his brother's honor, basically.
1: I thought that may be the reason why he had done it was because if he takes Ingenium's name, then he's admitting that Ingenium isn't going to go back into the hero world. Oh, see, that's interesting. And, and he doesn't want to... He He's still in a state of denial when it comes to that.
0: I like that, but I, I, I guess in my mind, I'm thinking that if that was the case, he wouldn't be so gung-ho about getting revenge on Hero Killer Stain. Because if, if that was the case, I think he would like want to get his brother back into a good spot. And then do it with him. You know what uh, I mean? Okay, that's yeah, that that's my thought sense. process, though. Yeah, I like it.
1: Then, last but not least, we have Midoriya, um, and he there. There's an, a flashback earlier in the episode where he's wrestling with what he wants to call himself, and it's a really funny flashback where he's a kid and he's running all these hero names by his mom, and he calls himself various um, twisted takes on All Might. So yeah. he calls himself Mighty All Man, Mighty Boy, All Might Junior, Mighty Man, Captain All Might, Super All Might. Um, But he realizes that he can't do that. uh, So he just decides to call himself Deku. um, And he does this because of a scene that we had really early on in the show where um, Ochako explains, hey, Deku doesn't just mean useless. It also means in Japanese you can do it. And he embraces that. And so he he is going to be called Deku, much to the shock of the class, who are all like, you do realize you're going to be called this for the rest of your heroic career. And yeah. he's like, yes, this is what I want to be called.
0: Yeah, Deku uh, will be the name of a hero now. Yeah. But what's, what's <laughs> interesting about that scene is Bakugo seems kind of pissed off about it too. Like you can tell <laughs> that him choosing that hero name is like super, uh, not demeaning, but undermining of Bakugo's ability to make fun of him.
1: Yeah, I mean, Bakugo is seeing this term that was meant to belittle. It's been redeemed, and of course he's not going to like that. Yeah. So then you have a couple of quick scenes where people are starting to make known what internships that they're going to take. So Mineta, of course, chooses Mount Lady because, of course, he does. Yeah, he wants to curve uh, it up. Yep, it's not going to go quite the way that he hopes. We're going to get to that. I think it's in the next episode. Um, Ochako decides that she wants to go to a, gu- uh, a hero named Gunhead's agency, and that again comes as a shock to many in the classroom. And but she's like, "Hey, listen, that fight with Bakugo taught me that I need to brush up on some combat skills. I need yeah. to, I need to use, I, I need to grow in this area. And I appreciate that. I like that choice. Yeah,
0: I like the fact that she's always willing to kind of try and grow." Yeah,
1: and then we have a quick scene kind of towards there's two little quick scenes that end, wrap this episode up. And the first one is All Might pulling Midoriya aside to let Midoriya know that he did get an offer after all from a guy named Gran Torino. I thought that it would have been kind of interesting if the offer came from Endeavor. That's who I thought the offer was going to come from. I
0: actually had that in my notes too. My first inclination was that he was going to have something from Endeavor. Uh, if Even if it was just Endeavor, kind of like giving the middle finger to Shoto for some reason.
1: Yeah. But he, All Might's all shaken up about this Gran Torino guy. We learn a little bit later that Gran Torino, this Gran Torino dude was pretty hard on All Might, but he... All Might explains Gran Torino knows about the one he knows about the one for all so he's going to be an excellent teacher and I think All Might's willing I think he's a little uh, hurt maybe his maybe feels like his feelings are hurt because he should be training him and now the guy that trained All Might is training Midoriya and that's totally like he's been skipped over a bit but yep um, but we'll we'll get into Gran Torino in the next episode. And then the last person that we kind of find out where they're going is Ida. Ida wants to go and this is a conversation where Aizawa is kind of looking over the paperwork and he makes note of the fact that Ida wants to go to this place called the Normal Hero Manual Agency. Um and initially I thought that maybe the incident with um, Ingenium kind of shook Ida up a little bit, and he just wanted to take something that was a little low-key, a little less dangerous. Um, but it turns out that this agency is in the city, Hosu, which is where the attack took place on Ingenium. So I think that he's wanting to take that uh, that that particular internship so he could be close to the scene of the crime and hopefully serve up some hot revenge.
0: Yep, I'm right there with you, man. That was 100% what I was thinking too. So yeah, I, I think he, that Ida is like... He's going down that scary path that he may not be able to return from.
1: Yeah. Before we we move on
0: too far, I do want to bring up, did you catch that scene where at the end of the class uh, they all talk or they mention that Midoriya has been like trembling the whole time and it's because he's like low-key working out?
1: Yep, he's doing the invisible chairs, what they called it?
0: Yeah, so like he's like leaning on his arms to keep himself off of the chair and I just I thought that was cool. I'm like like he wants this so bad that he's doing little things like that all day long, you know. Yeah. It's great. Anyways, I just I thought that was a really cool little moment. The last scene from
1: this episode is everybody getting on their respective trains to go to uh, towards their internships and their their new mentors and uh, a group from class 1A stops Ida and Midori is among them. And he's like, hey, you know, if you ever are feeling depressed, you know, you can reach out to us. And Ida, he acknowledges it and he says that he will. Uh, but the voiceover that Midori provides says, I should have been more emphatic. I regret what happened that day, um, which is not, that's, that's foreboding. It that's, isn't, yeah, uh, it's it isn't really comforting bad. at all. No. Um, so we, that episode left us in quite a lurch.
0: And we both kind of had some different theories on this, I think. Like, I, I'm kind of under the impression that Ida is going to maybe break bad or not break 100% bad, but like, he, he's gonna. I get the feeling he's going to do some stuff that he really is going to regret. And I think Midoriya will regret wishing he hadn't tried to invest a little bit more in his life, maybe.
1: Yeah, I don't, I certainly don't think Ida is going to become a villain. That's what Bakugo is doing, and they only need one person to do that. That's fair. Um, but. I do think that that you're correct that he's he's going to do something that is regrettable uh, in this pursuit of stain and in his, you know, his revenge or his defense of ingenium. Um, so that that's, that's going to be unfortunate, but that's something that we know is coming because this this voiceover is from future Midoriya, so right. we know that it's going to happen and now we just have to sit and wait and see what that thing is and I that's almost, that's not a that's not a wait that i really want to have to be honest
0: no me either and i almost wonder if it's something like maybe he doesn't get hurt uh but he gets other people hurt because mm-hmm. we see a scene in this next episode where he's with this kind of like I don't want to call him like a low grade hero, but he just kind of seems like a goofy guy. Like, he doesn't seem like he's kind of like a run of the mill hero. You know what I mean? And right. even he is shocked that the brother of Ingenium would be on his agency. So I, and you can kind of tell that Ida is using them to just kind of get close to this hero killer. I wonder if he's accidentally going to get five or six other heroes killed or seriously maimed. You yeah. Because I feel like that's something that would stick with Ida for the rest of his life. Definitely. But so the- that, that wraps us up for episode 26 and takes us right into 27. Um, it, you know, the the end of 26, I actually watched the end credit scenes here because there was like a minute and a half at the end of this one that leads into 27 where Midoriya finds this like cruddy old place in like the middle of nowhere. And he opens up the door and there's this dead old man on the ground. And Midoriya is <laughs> like, what, what is going on? He's dead. And the old man goes, no, I'm not. And he goes, oh, oh, God, he's not dead, you know? (laughs) So it was crazy. And then that leads right into episode 27.
1: Yes, because this old man who appeared to be dead just fell with some sausages that were covered in ketchup, so it looked like his entrails were laying out on the ground. Um, But, yeah, he introduces himself as Gran Torino, and he immediately starts... Confusing Midoriya, like significantly confusing Midoriya. Midoriya doesn't know if this guy is able to coach him after all. He thinks that maybe he's lost his edge, possibly also his mind. Um, but Gran Torino kind of slips in and out of, well, I mean, I say slips in and out of, but he, he's cogent and then he kind of goes off into like silliness and, you know, distractedness. Um, but the man, when he turns it on, um, he starts calling Midoriya a zygote and Midoriya is like, he even talks like All Might. Did I miss All Might calling Midoriya a zygote? And well, if I did, I didn't comment on it, and it, I should have, because that's a hilarious insult.
0: Yeah, no, that's interesting. So, you know, you're watching the Japanese version. I watched the English version. Uh, in, in the English version, he calls him a newbie. And then we get that flashback scene where All uh, Might calls everybody, like, buckle up, you newbies, or something like that, you know? Uh, so that's funny that he calls him a zygote. Uh, that's, that's like a really awesome, low-key insult.
1: Yep, in the dub, it's Zygote, and it's pretty funny. That's awesome. That's, you don't get any more newbie than Zygote.
0: Yeah, so. no. Well, and, you know, it's interesting because at this point, Midoriya is even telling this guy, like, you know, I need to call All Might. Uh, I'm going to have to, like, back out of here. I'm really sorry I wasted your time, but you're kind of wasting my time. Like, I, I can't just sit around for a week and let you be nutty. And so he starts to leave, and that's when this hero was like, throw your best one-for-all punch at me. And he goes, okay, yeah, I, I got to go. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not having any of this. And then this little dude, because we got to describe him, he's like, what, four foot nothing? He's shorter than Midoriya, who is like oh, a yeah, 13-year-old bye. boy.
1: Yeah, he's tiny.
0: Yeah, so he starts jumping all over the place like Yoda. Like, just He kind of reminded
1: me of Cotton from King of the Hill.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, so I actually have a list of characters he reminds me of. Uh, cotton was one of them just because of the okay. shortness and his kind of short, like shortness in stature and in the way he talks to Midoriya. Right. Uh, the other one though is King Kai. He reminds me of King Kai from Dragon Ball Z. Okay. I can see that. He also reminds me of Mr. Miyagi. Like he is 100% Mr. Miyagi in his teaching styles.
1: Yeah. He, he, he it's very, uh, it, it's very, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not, uh, it's very direct. practical. It, it's like yeah.
0: super practical teaching.
1: And it's not direct. He's yeah. not like, this is how you do this thing. It's, it's very tangential, almost. Like, he, he lets Midoriya figure things out. He doesn't give Midoriya answers.
0: Well, and what's great about this is, and we're kind of skipping ahead a little bit here, but what's great is that he mentions to Midoriya, like, oh, yeah, I'm having to train you totally different than I had to train All Might. And Midoriya's like, oh, great. Like, tell me stories about training All Might. And he goes, ah, I pretty much just beat him up. And there's yeah. just all these flashbacks of him just kicking the crap out of All Might. That's right. It's great. And that's
1: why Midoriya seems to think that that's that's partly why All Might is just petrified of Gran Torino, or at least worried for Midoriya's sake, right? Um, in, right. in being entrusted to his care. So Deku ends up breaking out his new costume, which has been—it's um, the the Bucky O'Hairness has been dialed down a little bit, um, yeah, a good I, bit.
0: I like this costume a lot better than his first costume.
1: Yeah, it's definitely sharper looking. It's a little less like on the nose when it comes to the All Might. Um, relationship, so...
0: And it seems like they upgraded his weird neck brace thing. Like, I, I'm assuming that's what it is. It's some sort of weird, like, neck guard kind of deal. See, I think that that's
1: the thing that he puts over his mouth. It, almost like a... Not a cowl. That's the that's where your mouth isn't covered, but, yeah. you know, like a... I don't know. Like a like mouth like guard a, or something? Like a balaclava or something where it covers huh. up your face.
0: I hadn't thought about that. I, I honestly thought it was some sort of neck guard... And for some reason in this episode, I thought it looked like attachable gills, like he could like plug it <laughs> in and just like swim underwater or something.
1: Well, in the in version one of his costume, he puts that thing like over his mouth and it looks like All Might's teeth. It looks like so. All Might's teeth, yeah. But it yeah. looks
0: like they've redesigned this. Like whenever he's wearing it, he's got it around his neck now, so.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe I yeah maybe he just doesn't have it pulled up. I, I don't yeah, know. I, I don't know that I've seen anything. I mean, obviously we haven't t- to this point, but not even in like... You know Material that you just bump into on the internet where he has that metal looking one on, but no, you're, you know. that's
0: true like in even like walking around stores and stuff, seeing all of the toys and things like that i've not seen anything with that over his his face or anything like that, so
1: right so Midoriya just starts getting the crap kicked out of his newly costumed behind though because Gran Torino just starts going off, so his quirk is it's called jet, and he can move freely in the air with jet propulsion using air that comes out of the soles of his feet, so he's oh, kind of like cool. a bipedal air hockey table. Yeah, yeah, that's cool.
0: I didn't realize that's what his quirk was. That's cool.
1: Yeah, it was on like a splash in the episode. It was like a super quick thing. You okay. had to pause it to read it all kind of thing, kind of yeah. like the um, the Borderlands intros that we've seen for some of the other characters. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, I don't think I saw that. Yeah, I just remember the, there was a flashback where it shows him in his younger days, and he looks really cool.
1: yeah. And then you see, it, or there's these lines that Gran Torino speaks, and after he says these things, we kind of have an interlude that we'll get to in just a second. But he says, he's talking to Midoriya, and he says, your admiration for All Might and your sense of duty are like shackles, and you think that the one for all is more special than it is. And this really, like, weighs on Midoriya. He doesn't know what to do with that. Yeah. Um,
0: Well, because this is right after Midoriya's kind of figured out his like uh, pattern in his jumping, and he's about to throw a punch at him, and this this guy just tackles him to the ground, and is like, "Yeah, you failed." Yeah. Uh, And so I think it does weigh heavy on him because he's trying to figure out like, I've been given this really special thing. Why shouldn't I regard it as as such? You know, to be told that it's not special that probably broke Midoriya's brain. I'm surprised we didn't see him crying, honestly.
1: Yeah, and he's told that he needs to start thinking about the one-for-all more evenly and to, to start thinking about some further applications because right now the only thing Deco has used it for is for offensive power. I mean, with the snapping of his fingers and the punches occasionally and the the jumps on one or possibly two occasions. Um, so we've seen him already apply it in a couple of different ways but Gran Torino is trying to get him to understand that it it is capable of way more than Midoriya has shown it uh, to be capable of and this is going to be some brain food for Midoriya kind of off panel as we start bouncing around to a couple other scenes uh, and the first of which is Shigaraki we catch up with Shigaraki um, and Kurogiri as they try to recruit Stain this kind of took place at the end of one of last week's episodes I think And they're trying to get Stain to kind of be a part of their little crew to kill All Might um, and and some of the students, specifically even Midoriya. But Stain doesn't seem to like that kind of seemingly indiscriminate killing. He's very principled. And so he he begins to shift from, like, curiosity about these two guys and what they want from him to even being, like, physically threatening to them. I mean, he starts drawing knives um, to, I mean, presumably get... Involved into a battle with these two. Yeah, and it kind of
0: seems like he's just going after Shigaraki. Like, I don't know that he's wanting to kill or even go after Kirogiri, but it just seems like it's between him and Shigaraki.
1: Yeah, oh, I, I think that you're correct, but there's no way that Kirogiri doesn't get, doesn't interject himself if he does go on the offensive.
0: Well, I don't know because there's this kind of a weird scene happening where, like, in the background, they've got the TV with the mysterious, you know, head honchos behind it or whatever. Yeah. And Kirogiri mentions, like, Hey, like this isn't working the way we thought it was going to. Like, do you want me to step in? And they say no. This needs to happen. So that's true. Like, I think that he probably wouldn't step in. Like, he has no ties to Shigaraki, as far as we know. You know, like he just he just works with the guy. Yeah, I don't know. Like, all I'm saying is, like, if I was working with some dude that was kind of a you know smart aleck little punk, I wouldn't just step in the way of Hero Stain Killer. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Or Hero Killer Stain. Like, that's not a guy I'm about to step up on yeah hero stain
1: killer. Hero That's stain pretty killer. funny you know he's mean like names. he's like a walking tide pin <laughs> yeah like he could um, sell
0: uh he could sell boom <laughs> right yeah yeah
1: but that's that's all of that scene that we get and I was like, man if these two are about to throw down, I want to watch but yeah. we're 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 whisked away, and we kind of start this montage of checking in with some of the other students in their various uh internships, so why don't you walk us through a couple of those?
0: Well, we had some pretty great ones here. Um, We started off with seeing that uh, Tetsu Tetsu and Kirishima are actually at the same agency. And it seems like they're working for some kind of guy that has four arms and he's got like a metal jaw. Like, he looks really cool. And he's actually explaining how they get paid by the government which I thought was kind of interesting that like the government seems to give the agency subsidiaries, basically, and then the agencies disperse it depending on how the job is done, I guess. Right. Uh, so that was neat. I'm glad to see that those two are working together. Uh, we also go and we get to see a scene with Bakugo. He is teamed up with a guy who I believe his name is uh, the best genist.
1: That is his name, yeah. The other guy with the metal jaw, his name is Fourth Kind.
0: Oh, that's a cool name and really perfect fitting. See, that like Bakugo and all these kids, they need to be looking up to that guy. That's a cool Yeah. The fourth kind. That sounds like that's someone you don't know to mess with, you know? Yeah. Uh, But Bakugo is with what? The best genist? And he, like, the best genist appears to be like, I don't know, but his powers look like he is a fashion designer. Like, it looked weird. I, I don't really know what kind of agency it was. But he tells Bakugo that, you know, he could be a sidekick at this moment. He has great powers, great experience. He understands how his powers work. However, he's got a really crappy attitude. And he's like, you're kind of a jerk. Like, I want to shape you into being the best hero you can be. You're going to have an exemplary attitude. You're going to be the best hero out there. And Bakugo starts to mouth off to him. And this guy, like, wraps him up with sewing kit, it looks like. Like sewing thread, I guess.
1: Yeah, so the way that best genus quirks, his quirk works, to my knowledge, is that he has, he's able to manipulate fibers from oh, clothing cool. and stuff. Um, so it could be his stuff, it could be your stuff, doesn't matter. If you are clothed, he is a danger to you. Um, and I he think could, he's even, like, the third-ranked hero of all. I think he's, I think he's number three. Well, he's up there.
0: That makes sense. I mean, he could wreck just about anybody. Because if he can control your clothing, he could constrict you, like, you know, flick of a finger and he just constricts your neck clothing or something and you're dead. Right? Him and, and Momo has... would be an awful fight. Yeah, that's true.
1: But here's the thing. The coolest thing about this interaction, I think, between Best Genist and Bakugo is Best Genist has zero fear of Bakugo. And oh, yeah. He is right up in this kid's face. This kid who nobody else really wanted to, I mean, they, he got a lot of offers, but... He frightened a bunch of people. And Best Genius is like, buddy, I will wreck you. You are nothing. <laughs> he, he, he basically says you're good enough right now to be a sidekick. And he also says that heroes and villains are two sides of the same coin. So Best Genius sees in Bakugo the same thing I've been saying since probably episode one. Absolutely. This guy has a bad streak. Um, yep. And if he's not course-corrected that um he's going to be on the other side of this coin. So my only problem with the best genus is he might make my predictions fail. If he's <laughs> too good at his job of kind of intervening into Bakugo's um, life and, and doing some course correcting, then I'm going to be proven wrong about Bakugo breaking bad. And I'll be a little sad about that, but um he's he's basically going to put Bakugo through the hero equivalent of a Cotillion class on like manners and respect and good behavior and all this kind of stuff. And I, I can I can get behind that. I, I it's certainly needed or we wouldn't be having you know, this conversation at all about Bakugo being, you know, a bad guy pretty much.
0: Yeah. No, I'm I'm actually really excited to see what the genus does with Bakugo. Um so Me too.
1: So then we move Even on. Even if I'm r- proven wrong.
0: Well, you know, I there's a I would love to see Bakugo face off against the genus and actually kind of like put him down you know what i mean like if bakugo was like look here you old man <laughs> <laughs> um, so we move on and we got ochako she is out with the fighting hero that she was talking about in the last episode gunhead and we're kind of shocked to see that he is actually really friendly i figured with a name like that he'd be more like bakugo yeah uh and it was interesting that we see a, a hero named the snake hero uwabami is how i think you say her name I think that's right. And we've got uh, a hero we've never seen before, and her name was Kendo, uh, and of course Momo. And, you know, she's basically said that she recruited them because they're pretty hot. Right. So, like, I guess she's doing a commercial with them, and they both seemed kind of bummed about this. Like, I get the feeling that they both wanted to be, like, heroes, not models, you know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, then we get Jiro with Death Hands, and Death Hands is just putting Jiro through the the ringer, like just running her up and down the street, it seemed like. Uh, Manetta is cleaning Mount Lady's room.
1: Yep, he's been enslaved.
0: Yeah, which, you know, I, I was thinking about, like he may have been disappointed by that, but I kind of get the feeling he wasn't. That kind of seems like that might be up his alley.
1: I think so long as he's close to her, he'll, he'll be satisfied. I mean, a couple episodes ago, there was a quick montage where they were training maybe for the festival and Minetta was just shown holding up a trophy in his room or some such and his room had mount lady stuff all over it i yeah. mean he's he is he is her biggest fan in, in the creepiest way possible he's her biggest fan
0: absolutely yeah uh, one of my favorite scenes w- from this montage was actually sue uh, she's like working with the navy it looks like yeah and i she's could doing see her PT being in a naval yard yeah like i could see her being like a like a spec ops in the navy that would be really cool
1: that would be pretty neat. I can get behind that.
0: Uh, then we see Todoroki and he's actually with Endeavor and I'm interested here. I've kind of got two things that I was thinking about. First one is I'm not sure if he's with Endeavor because he's at home or if he actually decided to choose Endeavor's heroes like uh, agency.
1: I think he was just at home. That was my impression okay. anyway.
0: Okay. Cuz uh, Endeavor kind of has this moment where he's like, "All right, like it's time to get out of here. We're going to go do some stuff." And and you know, Todoroki tells him like, "Nah, I'm not I'm not going to follow your way of life, you know? Um, And I was kind of had another thought here. Like, I wonder what heroing is for Endeavor, like what that means to him, because him being the, the current number one hero, I bet he deals with some like seriously crazy high level stuff. Like he's the kind of guy that's like putting boots on ground in other countries or doing like really high level missions, Compared to, like, the fish head guy that uh, Ida was with, who probably gives people, like, parking tickets.
1: You know what yeah, I mean? that, that guy was a street-level hero, that dude yeah. that was strolling around with Ida. And I don't think Endeavor falls into that category.
0: Not at all. Like, I can't even see him, like, handling the... It, it made me think of One Punch Man. Uh, Hannah and I have been re-watching One Punch Man. And it makes me think of the difference between like the guy that rides the bike and saves cats and trees, right. and like the guy that has the AI bots that like shoot nukes at meteors, you know? Right. Like, yeah. it's just, they're, on, they're not even close to being the same kind of hero. And after we get this awesome little montage, uh, we kind of get shifted back over to Midoriya, who is hanging out with Gran Torino. Uh, Gran Torino had gone out to get some food, and he's now taking a nap. So... <laughs> Midoriya was like well day one and all we've done is eaten so I guess I'll go outside and train. Yeah and he goes and this is
1: pretty pretty interesting so he goes to practice jumps in an alleyway and his idea is to basically do I mean what every platformer would call like a wall jump where he jumps up to a wall and then jumps off of you know wall number one over to wall number two at a higher elevation and then goes back to wall number one at a higher elevation until he zigzags his way up to the top and he realizes that he needs to pick up the pace of his visualizations of that microwave um, visual that All Might gave him and, and work on the instantaneous and inter- intermittent use of his powers as opposed to it just being a one-time thing. So he's already started to tr- take that uh, and, uh, and apply Gran Torino's talks about trying to figure out some uh, different applications. And so he's starting with one that he knows he's done before, a jump. Um, but he's toned it way down. It's, it's not a hundred percent and he's going to do more than one at a time. And this is, this is where you start. You start small and you work your way up big. And this is how you get strong in real life. If you want to, you know, get, you know, grow, grow your physical strength. You don't, you don't run around trying to pick up a, a 250 pounds. Yeah. Um, you know, you start with 80 and you work your way up until that becomes more normal. And then you bump it up to 125 or whatever it might be. And so he's, he's taking a pretty smart approach to um, this, this new application of the one for all. And even if he doesn't get to the top of the roof, I have this in my notes, even if he doesn't get to the top of that roof, his second jump, if he can get that second jump to go off, then that proves that he's onto something Um, as does every jump after that.
0: Right, and he's already approved so much since the first episode. I mean, from the first time he got his powers and he used them, he broke both of his legs and both of his arms. Yeah. And now it seemed like he spent almost all night trying that first jump until he was like couldn't do it anymore and he didn't break anything. That's that is incredibly impressive for him. Because yep. it's only been what, 3 weeks? Like, yeah, it hasn't the, been
1: a terrible long time., no, that's for sure.
0: The timeline in this feels so stretched because of the the way that he is narrated. Like, they make it seem like he's been working on these powers for, like, I don't know, six years or something. right. And in reality, it's he's gotten them like three days ago. You know what I mean? So it's weird how I, I don't like the way that they're making it seem like this is just an impossible task for him when he's just gotten his powers
1: right. and he he says something earlier in this episode, like, what Kachan and the others can ne- can do naturally without having to think about it because they've lived with their quirks for years and have found all these different applications to that he has to think consciously about them because he doesn't have that development. So he has to be very intentional, very disciplined about that development um, because he, he's not just gonna wake up tomorrow and be able to do a punch at 100% more than once without breaking everything. It's going to be you know, doing more invisible chairs, jumping up buildings. You know, it's silly and small right now, but it'll give him the foundation that he needs to be able to pull off the amazing and the mighty later A- on.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And and this actually is in 100% contrast to All Might, who we, have, we find out, like Gran Torino says, that when All Might got the one-for-all power, he was immediately able to use it at
1: 100%. Yeah.
0: And, you know, they kind of... They make it sound like the reason he's able to do that is because he's already really strong. Um, but you know, I'm curious if he got the one for all before he got into UA, or if he got it after he was in UA. Because he makes a mention that um, he makes a mention that Grant Cerrito taught at UA and taught him for one year. And we we kind of are under the impression, at least, that people can't get into UA without having a power until recently. Like they just lifted that ban. And we know that All Might didn't have a power, so I'm just curious how he got in contact with this guy. Uh, we know that he was, we we know that Gran Torino was best friends with All Might's predecessor at this point, so maybe he they he just introduced him, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Just some interesting kind of like food for thought. We get this interesting kind of like scene here where Deku mentions something about uh, Gran Torino being best friends with All Might's predecessor. And it, you kind of get the impression that Deku or, or Midoriya doesn't really know a whole lot about this guy at all. And you kind of have this internal monologue from Gran Torino where he thinks to himself like, oh, okay, All Might, you haven't actually told him anything about the seventh wielder of One for All. And I, I don't know, it kind of it, it makes it interesting here. I, I would love to know more about Gran Torino's relationship with the seventh holder and the seventh the seventh person that... You know, gave this power to All Might. Like, how did they know each other? There's just a lot of questions here. Um, And I kind of mentioned this to you earlier. I I have a small theory that maybe uh, Hero Killer Stain actually killed the predecessor. Like, maybe he killed the seventh owner of One for All. And, it, like, that's how he chose All Might. Like, somehow All Might was involved in all this. I don't know. It just I feel like all, like this weird thing where the only person that can kill Hero Killer Stain is All Might, I feel like it has something to do with this, uh, this predecessor.
1: Yeah, and Midoriya mentions that he implies maybe that the predecessor has passed away, and that either seems to confuse or shock Gran Torino. So it could be not necessarily that the seventh predecessor is dead, but maybe it's the opposite. Maybe that seventh the seventh owner of the One for All is still alive, but maybe uh, All Might has been lying to Midori about it for some reason. Um, I, I mean, huh, I, I, I think it that. could go that way too, just based on how things have been worded. So, Do you think it's see. like
0: a uh, like an Obi-Wan, Darth Vader kind of thing where he's like, oh, well, Darth Vader killed your father.
1: I think that if if the seventh owner of the one for all is still alive. And if all might has been deceptive about that, then that would suggest to me that that person is bad. Like is bad news is evil.
0: That's interesting. Um, and, had, and there's shame wrapped up that. in that. Yeah. I hadn't considered that. That's interesting. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to well, see. Regardless in the, in the middle of this scene, the doorbell rings and, uh, Mindoria, who is a kind young man decides to go get the, the mail for this older guy and it's a new microwave, because when Midoriya first showed up and Gran Torino was jumping all over the place, he smashes his microwave. Like, he jumps into it, like, uses it as a platform. And I love it because he's opening it up, and he's like, oh, a microwave. For some reason, mine broke yesterday. Yeah. Like, just doing this weird, nutty kind of, like, like Yoda in the original trilogy is what it kind of reminds me of, just kind of being goofy, you know? Um, so they break out this microwave, and... Gran Torino wants Midoriya to cook him some of these. They they appear to be like some sort of pastry, like fish pastries. Yeah. Uh, desserts. taiyaki. Oh, okay. Have you had that before? No,
1: but it's a real thing.
0: Yeah. Hmm, very cool. We, we might have to try some, see if we can't find some. That'd be kind of neat. All right. I could be interested. Uh, yeah, I could try that. Uh, but anyway, so he microwaves them. They pull them out. Gran Torino bites on one, and he's like, oh, my gosh, it's still frozen. What do you Have you never microwaved anything in your freaking life? Like, what are you doing? You know, he kind of is berating him like, really hard. Like, you idiot. You have to – the plate's too big. And, you know, he's talking about, like, you put the plate in, and because it's too big, it can't circle. So because it, it's not able to rotate, it's not getting energy in all the way. And Deku and Midoriya has this moment where he's like – oh, I get it. I'm the pastry. And, and it's so funny because Gran Torino's like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, he's baffled and, by
1: it, this connection.
0: Yeah, he's like, I have no idea where you're going with this. And is kind of breaking it down like, oh, well, I'm the pastry. I need to have one for all circulating at all point in time. Like, I need to have it completely powering my body. And we end this episode with him completely, 100% powered up. And, you know, Gran Torino's saying like, okay, you're all powered up you know, as much as you can all over instead of one specific spot. Do you think you can walk like this? And I'm, hopefully in the next episode we're going to get him training like that. Yeah, I
1: think that he powers up. I think he puts 5% all over his body,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. Like he accesses the 5% that he can access everywhere all at once yeah. is the way that I understand. It kind of reminded me of uh, like Goku and Gohan staying in Super Saiyan mode after they came out of the hyperbolic time chain. Yeah,
1: again, it's training. Like, I mean that's yeah, what this like is. let's just
0: normalize the constant flow of energy.
1: Right, and that's that's pretty cool because yeah, you know, like I said, or like you said, the the episode ends with Gran Torino being like, "If you can walk, then let's fight. Let's try. Let's give yeah. this. Let's give this a go." And so maybe that's where the next episode takes us, and that'll be really fun.
0: Yeah, and you know, I thought this was a very another like Mr. Miyagi moment where you can't really tell if he was indirectly teaching him or if it was just a coincidence. You know.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, it's, so, it's very tangential, and it's hard to read Gran Torino because he vacillates between being coherent and being crazy.
0: Yeah, which Midoriya actually makes a point in this episode about how All Might does the same thing, and it's very evident that All Might learned from Gran Torino because he communicates the same way. All right, so that is episodes 26 and 27. i got to ask you, did you watch the ending sequence for 27?
1: I di- I, so I did not watch the next on um, but I did watch the new end credits and it's that's all I'm talking it's bonkers. about. Yeah, I could, it's so much. It's fun. awesome.
0: It is. Uh, it, it's like the two. Uh, I want to say it's like the two biggest things in my lives right now melding together because it's an anime. It, it's like my favorite anime characters right now playing uh, Pathfinder or D&D. They're all dressed up like D&D characters and. I just thought it was so much fun. Yeah, it's
1: My Hero Academia. It's the students of that school LARPing together is what it looks like. It's it's like a low fantasy setting with swords yeah. and magic and stuff, and it was super like, Baka
0: awesome. Like goes, goes riding a dragon, and he kind of looks like a barbarian. Uh, and then, like, Ida looked like a wizard. Like, it was just cool. I thought it was so cool.
1: Definitely. The, both the intro and the end credits for this little section of the anime are improvements over the last section, I think.
0: Yeah, the last section was just all right. I I really liked the the new intro and outro.
1: Well, we get to watch it several more times, I think, and we're going to start probably immediately. I think that we're going to just hang up the phone here and go and watch episodes 28 and 29 and hope that our listeners do the same and catch up with us
0: this time next week. Definitely, definitely. Now, I do want to say I've got one last thought, one last question for you. Uh, I have a theory on what Hero Stain Killer... Oh, my gosh. Hero Killer Stain's power is like what his quirk might be. Okay. And I want to see if you have thought about this at all. Uh I I'm wondering if his quirk is the deletion of other quirks. So kind of like Aizawa's but permanent. Mm. You know, we we see uh Ingenium's legs are now disabled like he can't feel them. And at first I was like, well maybe he just got hurt really badly, but then I was starting to think about it and I'm like, well he's a hero killer right so maybe he doesn't necessarily kill the individual as much as he just strips some of their powers so his le- like ingenium's legs are messed up because he did something to his, to Ingenium's quirk, and his legs probably can't function without the quirk. That's
1: an interesting theory. It's one that, based on the evidences that we've seen so far, I I can. That's that's plausible. We'll call it Myth Mythbusters plausible right now.
0: Yes, I like it. I like it. I'm hopefully we'll see you in the next week because I think we're going to get that fight between Shigaraki and Hero Killer Stand. Yeah, I
1: hope so. I hope Shigaraki gets his butt whooped too. Yeah, I do too. He
0: deserves it. He does. All right. Well. That was episode 26 and 27. See you next week, man. Yes, sir. I'll be here. All right. We'll see you next week.
1: The Almighty Podcast is a production of the Back Patio Network. If you enjoyed this podcast, please check out our others at backpationetwork.com. And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash backpationetwork. And feel free to hit us up on Twitter at at backpationet or at almightypod. We'd love the chance to talk with you.